Hello, my name is Veljko Filipović and I listen to Chiang Mai is Blue and so should you. Hello folks and welcome to Chiang Mai is Blue, your independent Chiang Mai FC podcast with me, Rock Scott, and with Simon. Hello everybody. Now, a few things to, to run through this week. Uh, last weekend's game against Customs United, uh, a discussion about, uh, a quick chat about the, the, the prayer game upcoming this weekend. And we're also going to divert a little bit to talk about football betting, a subject which I know absolutely nothing about, but I'm going to use Simon's ill-gained expertise, but it's not ill-gained, it's just he knows about something and I don't. So a little education for me as we talk about how this operates in Thailand and the sort of amount of money that is in sports betting now. Um, so I think that'll kick us off. Simon, anything? To add? No, um, I think that's all kick about off it, and get underway. Um, there is football this evening as Chiang Mai United entertain Nakhon Sea City in the last 64 of the Chiang FA Cup, a tournament which, like the Revo Cup, Chiang Mai FC are not taking part in anymore, which is a shame. Prayer United are, though. Uh, Prayer go away to um, Cabin Bury this afternoon. That game's actually underway. Uh, so they do have the extra game to play this week before they take on Chiang Mai FC on Saturday. Um, the Customs United game, Sam, a 2-0 win for Chiang Mai FC. It was pretty straightforward. It was pretty much as predicted. Customs were as bad as we thought they would be. Anything else? No, actually. Um, I arrived at the ground, saw the line-up, so I was over the moon with the line-up. Um, substitutes you good um, lined up well trying to play nice football no complaints whatsoever to be honest no, no Stenio because he was out with an excessive number of yellow cards you are a very naughty boy Mr Stenio uh, how do you get four yellow cards in nine matches uh, so he, five wasn't it I think it's four oh you need four yeah I think four and you lose one game oh I thought it was five okay anyway there's a debate yeah. on that um, so yeah he, the last he, he yellow card you got was which, yes, <laughs> yes, 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 yeah, but might have, might have, might have. I mean, your conspiracy theory was quite good. It might have actually been intentional. Pick up the yellow card, so you miss the game against Customs, so you're available for the game against Prayer. Makes sense, doesn't it? Wouldn't be the worst idea. No. Uh, Amontet played on the left wing in place of Stenier, and I thought had a very good game. I thought he was excellent. He he did really really well. Um, yeah, looked like a proper grown-up footballer. Yes. Uh, yeah, he, yeah, he knew what he was doing. He was going in hard. Yeah, no, I was over the moon, yeah, actually. Yeah, no, no, good. no, that was brilliant. Um, the, go- the goals came from... The goals bookended the first half. Uh, a fourth-minute goal for, from Tawan and a 47th or 48th, depending on who you read, uh, goal um, from Yu byung Are Both very similar, build-up down the left and a comfortable finish from, from in front of goal. Uh, we had other chances... We probably ought to have sewn it up first half. Their goalkeeper made one fabulous save from a, from a Yu byung header. Uh, and then they came into it a little bit second half. They had a few sort of what, best drivers, sort of good half chances to, to pull a goal back. 
uh, without really threatening Farhad's goal. Yeah, and you could easily put down for that that we were just taking it easy for a while, made a few substitutions and never looked in trouble if, if they'd scored during that period. Yeah, we've got another two then. Yeah. Um, I mean, I thought this was very good news for the new coaching team, um, Mr. Garcia and his assistants. Uh, they looked very happy at the end of the game. And I, I quite like uh, the coach's sideline enthusiasm. Oh, absolutely. It, Morning it, jumping up yeah, and down it, and shouting it felt, it and felt, gesticulating. It felt a, Bit like uh, Carlos of, of yeah. old, yeah, yeah, jumping up and down on the touchline, kicking every ball, and yeah. celebrating with the fans at the end of the game. I like that. No, yeah, um, and obviously so do the fans. Yeah, um, it's nice to see, isn't it? He's turned up. Not sure what the hell's going on. Uh, he's done exceptionally well yeah, so he's far. Done, so. And, and the players look like they're now playing for him. I imagine there was a little bit of uncertainty for a couple of weeks, but had to be, yeah. didn't there? Had yeah. to be. No, I. I, I we looked organised as well, considering how long we've been together. Um, far, yes, kicking's back to normal. His yes, kicking no, was excellent was again, and he was very solid. So, so that's nice. And to we like David in midfield. David seemed to have Cueva seemed to have the run of midfield, box to box, and he just he's like the conductor. Oh yeah, because we've been saying he hasn't had enough of the ball the last few games. But you know exactly what I'm going to say. You just sit there and watch him, and he's just a wonderful footballer. Um, hats off to Posri, he run his little nuts off, yeah, didn't Pos- he? Yeah, Posri sort of played as the defensive midfield, which sort of sets off uh, Cueva to run loose uh, pretty well wherever he wants uh, across midfield. Because we essentially forgot about him, didn't we? We did because he wasn't even on the bench, yeah, and then yeah. he then turned up and it was oh look, Posri's playing. Oh yeah, and he'd done well, so. Good luck to him, yeah, very impressive. So that was good. It's bunched up at the uh, top of T2 now. Uh, Sopemburi are top, I think, with 21 points, and then there's, I think, three teams on 20 points. Uh, the other results from the weekend, uh, Kassitsar lost at home to Nongbua 4-2. Patia lost at home to Prayer 3-1. Nakonsi beat Nakon Ratchasim at 1-0. We'll come back to that. Krabi uh, lost at home to Supenburi 1-0 with a Supenburi goal from our old friend Simon. Bamba, yes, Bamba. fantastic. But you, we you, couldn't you, find it on the internet, yeah. so we, couldn't, well, we don't know if it was a good goal we'll or not. Keep, we'll keep looking for it, but it's nice to see those old legs keep going. Yeah. Um, and he does larap them in now and again, he does. doesn't he? So, uh, Lampag, Lampag beat Kanchanaburi 1-0, although Simon will tell you it probably could have been 10. Um, oh, yeah, yeah. It, it, it was... It was stunning how little the ball they had, and Lambang just looked really, really good. On, on Sunday, uh, China beat Chantaburi 3-2. Um, I saw some of that. That was a good contest. Um, Rayong beat uh, Chiang Mai United 2-1. Shame. Uh, Samet Prakan City and Ayutthaya drew 1-1. That game was delayed for an hour due to massive flooding down at Samet Prakan City. We all know what that can look like. Uh, and Ayutthaya then scored their equaliser in injury time at the end of the game. Uh, Nakon C, Nakon Ratchasima really was quite a tussle, the Battle of the Nakons. Uh, Hugely entertaining game. Nakon C looked really good. So we know how good the other are. So, well, that's quite impressive. And 
the big kickoff at the end was quite entertaining. <laughs> yeah, the referee suddenly sort of caught red card fever at the end of the game. I, th- I think it, I, I think one of the Knuckles C United lads picked up a second yellow card, taking a throw in for, for time wasting. Second yellow card got him sent off. Then the bench gets upset. Then he try. Then he cards at least one of the 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 people on the bench. Then he runs, and I don't know why, because you couldn't pick this up from the TV pictures. Sixty yards to the far end of the goal. To book another chap. Yes, who looked like Natapum. Natapum, ex Chiang Mai FC, being a, being a naughty boy. Oh, okay. Didn't notice that, but then you know I wouldn't, would I? <laughs> <laughs> so that was all. That all set off. I mean, there's a. It's interesting. I I, I think there'll be a, a period of relative calm and sense about the league between now and December. Um, teams have settled into the league. Results are becoming a bit more predictable. The the top seven six uh, look like. They could stay there for the season, but it will be very competitive between them. There's no one team that's going to run away with this league now. Uh, And then we wait until uh, the halfway point of the season and see who... Which, which teams are ambitious, who they want to bring in as players, who they let go, uh, and that sort of sets things up for the second phase of the season, which I, I think could be quite dramatic. Yeah, not a lot to say so really yeah it's like that most seasons though isn't it yeah. when once once it, it settles down yeah. and then there's very small movement and it's game to game isn't it week to week and I think but then good, it's entertaining yeah. and I think this is a good thing for Chiang Mai FC as well I mean, we've had enough drama in the first 10 weeks of the season to be able to write a book or do 13 podcasts so it'll be it'll be quite nice to sort of settle down and yeah, talk about football games or other things that cross our minds um, that's rather to do all of this weekend's fixtures Simon how we got on to the subject of football betting was the odds in the game between Chiang Mai and uh, customs. customs at the weekend and how those odds changed shortly before the game and that got your attention fill in the blanks okay so Saturday afternoon, I had a little bet, as I always do, um, and Chiang Mai were 11 to 4 on to win against Customs. So, okay. 11, so, 11 to 4 on, you bet 11. And you win 4. And you win 4, and you get your original bet back. Yes. So you put in 11, you get 15 if they win. Yes. Okay. If they draw or they lose, you You've obviously get lot, nothing. Yeah. So it was just in a little. Correct score, double or treble. And then, I was just having another no, look. Explain that to me. Oh, You're God. in a correct score, double or treble. You haven't just gone for the, somebody to win or lose. You've got a correct score, double or treble. Help. I shouldn't have said that, should no, I? No, you shouldn't. Okay. Right. You should have gone into for, a forget, dark area. Um, yeah, forget all that then. So anyway, so I had a bet on Chiang Mai. Right. And they were 11 to 4 on. Mm-hmm. And then later because there were some other games in the evening, and I was just having a look, and suddenly, from 11 to 4 on, we'd gone out to 7 to 1 on. So that means you put on 7 to win 1. Yeah, so effectively, if you, if you do the multiplier, there's massive, it's like 4 to 28. You start the original 4 to 11, and that 11 has now become 28. Yeah. And then, it just went all strange. And then it went... To eight to one, then it went back to seven, then it went to eight, then it went to six, 
then it went to eight, and then it went to nine. So it's gone from the 11 to four on to yeah. nine to one on. Yeah, so that 11 is now 36. Yeah, and I have n- never, ever seen that happen on a football market with the betting. That's just so obscure. So that's somebody putting in big sums of money backing Chiang Mai for a win. Yes, but it's, it's uh, got to be... I don't know, there's got to be thousands and thousands of pounds. This to, is, to be able to push the odds out that far. Yeah. To, uh, and no, to, to the odds to change that much, not to yeah. push them out that far. So, it's a sort of... I, again, sorry, I really don't know. So I said to you, I'm assuming someone has put a super large amount of money on. And then your next thing is, well... I've never, ever seen this before in my life. Prices to, to change this much, it's, it's just, it stinks. Does it then stink, Simon, to the point where there are suggestions of match fixing? Well, I'd have to say yes. If someone hasn't put on, I don't know, a quarter of a million pounds on the result, I can't see any other way it's possible for a price to go like that. It's not the Champions League final. It's not Liverpool-Man United. (laughs) It's a random game in a random Asian football league. Yeah. So then you immediately think Asian betting syndicates. All right, now you're going to have to help me here. Who or what is an Asian betting syndicate? Okay, so most of Asia... Betting's illegal. Yes. So you have Asian betting syndicates, which are essentially criminal criminal gangs. Right. So what they will do, they will essentially attempt to fix football matches. Right. So it's quite easy. We all know that. You offer someone some money, you offer the referee some money. Hey, I mate, do this, give away a penalty in the second half. Now, are they fixing matches or are they fixing specific events within matches? Or both? Both. Okay. Both. So, I'll give you an example. Back, must have been the late 90s, there was a spate of floodlight failures in the Premier League. I think it was West Ham Arsenal, happened a couple of times at Crystal Palace. Now, because of the, the way they bet in Asia, they will, they bet, and they normally bet on a handicap system, I won't bore anyone with that. So what happens is, once the second half starts, if the game is abandoned for any reason, at any time, that's the score that stands. Whereas the game would normally be replayed, or whatever. So what happens is, they essentially bribe someone to turn off the floodlights. So, um, and they caught the people doing it, actually, so they were quite lucky that the security guard was an idiot. Um, so they caught them. I think they all got time. So to continue to do it in the Premier League, they can't really do that again because they've sussed right. onto it. Right. Um, because you check the floodlights and they've been fiddled with... Another one, they did it via Bluetooth, so I'm shooting it off their phone. Um, 
So they are, now it's just back to money, cash bribes to various people, players, coaches, managers. But lesser leagues, I'm sorry, Thailand, you would be, by, compared to say the Premiership, would be a lesser league. Uh, presumably still fair game. I mean, you can do, I mean, this isn't, a, the UK situation isn't abnormal. We can go back to, to China in the, in the early 2000s where, where betting scandals were rife. It will be rife everywhere. Yeah. It, it's a fact of life, and it won't just be in football. No. Horse racing. No, but football has the punters, has the numbers, has the big money. And that's the thing, it's the big money, isn't it? Yeah. What? India would be an interesting one to look at, because cricket betting in India is off the charts, uh, and they've had their own share of scandals in the past, uh, usually involving South Africans. Uh, and as their foot, domestic football league takes off, again, you, know, you just have to wonder. Follow the money, I guess, is the usual thinking here. Yeah, yeah. And again, it's actually quite hard to do. Yeah. I mean, luckily, the people that do it quite often aren't too sensible about it, and that's why everyone gets caught. Um, what can you do? I mean, essentially, you can't really stop it. No, I mean, in theory, it is, as you said earlier, it, across most of Asia, gambling is illegal. In Thailand, uh, the only legalised gambling is the, the state lottery and, and, and the, the occasional session at the horse races. Uh, and that's under the 1935 Gambling Act. If anything needs to be revised, it's that act, I suspect. Uh, but it's the same across Asia. Yet, you watch the Premier League... And there are Chinese betting companies emblazoned on most of the Premier League football shirts and on the hoardings around the stadium. Yeah, I think you it's can't escape like it. Sixty, seventy percent yeah. of the teams have. You can't escape it because that's there's so much money in, isn't it? All you need is a bankroll and an algorithm, and you just keep making money. So then, when you hear the Deputy Prime Minister of Thailand, Somsak, saying that. It is part of what he wants to do to legalise football gambling in Thailand. Where does that go? Does it legalise gambling or is it going to legalise advertising, uh, uh, advertising of, of gambling companies in Thailand? Probably not immediately. Not immediately, but it'd be a slowly, slowly, won't it? They're, they're introduce it and then X amount of years later they relax a bit and I suppose eventually they will end up with some sort of advertising. So, yeah, I mean, it makes sense, to be honest. And everyone in football, and sorry, and everyone in Thailand, if they want to bet on the football, they can. Now, how do they do that? So when I first come to Thailand, essentially, day, the Friday night before, before the Premiership, and you could also bet on the German league, and I'm assuming French and Spanish as well. So little man comes round to wherever you are, Someone gives him a little bit of paper and some money, and that's his bets. And then he trundles off with the money, and then he comes back on Monday with some winnings, if you've got any winnings. Really, really simple. So I'd imagine if the island was like that, every moo band's going to have a little chap who does that. Obviously, nowadays, with the internet, it's ridiculous. It's hard not to be swamped with betting opportunities, and um, I suppose they if you're in time, you're going to use a VPN thingy. Yeah. Now, as I was looking at this this morning, what amazed me is I just you know, do a random search on football betting in Thailand. The sites where you can get 
prediction material, statistical information about the teams, footy stats, oddspedia, betting expert, betty mate, forbet, sofa store, soccer punter, AI score. What's astonishing amount of information there, uh, which I suppose is meant to help you make educated decisions. Uh, yes, but it's also there to encourage you to bet yes. because you educate yourself and you think, oh, now I know this, I've got a better idea what's coming. And of course you have got a better idea, but it's still half the time it's a pure guess, isn't it? It's yeah. heads or tails. I, I, I have a little three bets on a Saturday, so I have Chiang Mai to win and then that goes on to the next team to win, and that goes on to the next team to win. And then that takes you into the online betting sites that are available in Asia. Now, of course, you've got the big international, the Labrooks, Paddy Powers, etc. But here, 1x bet, 22 bet, 20 bet, they've all got numbers. Uh, IVI bet, BK8, uh, and that was, that's just scraping away at the surface. Uh, the, the it's ma- frightening yeah. how many there are, uh, and it will just continue so. Yes. And I'm sure some of these companies are set up with they're going to be finished in a year or two. Yeah, I mean, and they, may, they may all be the, owned by the same people well, because the other getting access well. to the information underpinning who owns these companies is, is a dark and murky yeah. place to go. Yeah. Um, so whatever happens with these small ones, there's still enough international bookmakers. And um, if if you are in time, you do want to gamble. You're gonna, like I said, with the VPN. There's going to be other ways and around, isn't there? There's. I'd imagine if you went to a casino, they would have football betting. Yeah, there. sports, um, plus a sports betting shop or something. Yeah. The nearest Simon I've gotten to this in Thailand was, you know I go to all the games with my notebooks and take take to, to so I can write my match reports afterwards, was being approached by a guy uh, who asked me what I was doing there and whether I was gathering data. Uh, so I, I asked him a little more about this because he was doing exactly that. He's data gathering, presumably for for distribution of information to the to the betting companies online. And it just seems to me that's just another cog in what is a huge industry. And how much do these people make money? How many of them are there? It was actually advertised on Facebook for it up at the 700 year. And it was, I can't remember, it was $30 or $40 a game. Um, and then that was for live score, and they're obviously quite famous. And then a couple of other companies have randomly advertised on Facebook. Um, a mate of mine used to do it. He did it in the UK, um, which he loved because he went around the Premiership visiting different grounds. Um, and he was fortunate enough to do it. He was doing it for the team he supported. Um, and then he done it in Thailand. He said it wasn't particularly great in England. It was just good because he was following his team. He said, he, but in Thailand, it was just completely boring. And he said, it's a pain in the ass because you cannot watch the game. Because hmm. I, I, I gave it some consideration. And then it was like, well, no, because if I'm spending the whole time writing down corner, throwing, blah, 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 I'm not going to watch the game. So 
And as they're always asking people, that can only indicate that there's a high turnover because essentially it's just not worth it for the money. That's what everyone seems to say and that would be indicated by the high turnover of people. That sort of makes sense, doesn't it? Um, Maybe that's... uh, We've had a good go at that today, Simon. I I find the subject fascinating. I find the amount of money slushing around in, in, in gambling within football... Vaguely <laughs> disturbing, um, and it's one of these things that you, know, you can. Lots of people will have it under control, but on the other hand, we also know that there are plenty of people that lose control of their gambling habits, and that becomes a huge concern. It does, but that's going to happen whether they legalise gambling on football in yeah. Thailand or not. Yeah. So, so I mean, the argument there becomes. If you legalise it, at least it brings it out into the open. Um, It doesn't carry the same stigma as doing something illegally. And, of course, the government gets to have its share of the revenues that are being generated, and that could be significant. Yeah, and and, and hopefully some of it they could plough back into football. Attractive, yes. It's money for a government that needs money, and it happens anyway, so, yeah, it's worthwhile. Now, we might have... Create opened up a bit of a can of worms here. Other people, well, everybody knows more about gambling than I do, but other people may well have views, strong or otherwise, about both gambling and about the the, the industry in Thailand and Asia. I'd uh, love to hear any thoughts you have. You know how to get hold of us. Um, you may be completely bored by the last 20 minutes. That's fine as well. Uh, but it's been an interesting discussion. Simon, you're... You know, you know far more about this than I do, so thank you for sharing that with us. Cool. <laughs> Can we have a little rest now? Let's move on, Simon, to a quick uh, review of the weekend fixture. We're away at Prayer on Saturday, the 4th of November, at the Nonproof Stadium, 6.30 p.m. kickoff. Prayer, always a fun place to go. Last season, uh, we beat them 2 1 at their stadium. Uh, both goals from Stenio Jr. drew 0 0 at home uh, in uh, February. Um, thoughts, if any? Um, it's going to be a lot harder than we think it is. The game against Patia, they were superb. Prayer beat Patia 3-1 at the weekend. They beat Krabi the previous week 5-1. So they've, they've hit a vein of form suddenly. Yeah, like I said a few weeks ago, they're going to start creeping up and they definitely have got their act together. Very impressed. They did really good. Again, Patia still look good. Yeah. I, I still yeah. can't work that out, but... They're still very good. Oh, and their commentators aren't pissed anymore. That's fantastic. Well the, done, the, gentlemen. The last three seasons, Prayer have finished fifth, sixth, and last season they missed the playoffs, finishing ninth. They then had a massive clear-out. It was like a sort of Christmas jumble sale uh, through, through the close season. Uh, and people that were... You, know, you thought they'd be Prayer forever. Takuitu left, um, uh, Rodrigo Maraneo left. Uh, so... Big Che Enriquez, the, the big Marlon Enriquez, the big centre-half all left. Uh, so big changes there. They brought in a, basically a, a new team. There's only a couple of old faces left. A uh, couple of new Brazilians, Luca Dauberman, wonderful name. Uh, he scored. He scored, and he's, arri- he's arrived from playing in Japan. Uh, Patrick Cruz has arrived from playing in Malta. They don't have any 
sort of big goal scorers. There's, I think their leading goal goal scorer has four, but they do have they've shared the goals out amongst the team, um, which is never a bad thing, no. is it? That's no. They have a couple of ex Chiang Mai boys, uh, Warat, who uh, wears number eight, and uh, the young boy Summit, who never really got much of a start at Chiang Mai, but has appeared in all ten games for for prayer this season. Oh, delighted for him because he did just didn't get a shout at all. Yeah. So pleased for him. Well done, Elias Fernandes is the, the third Brazilian. Uh, he scored twice this season. Setterwood has three. Rangsterman has three. Um, so forget what I said about anyone scoring four because I can't find anyone who has. Um, it's always a fun place to visit. It's always a, it's always a tight game. It's an interesting little stadium um, with the sort of buffaloes grazing in the field behind. <laughs> Oh, it's a laugh, isn't it? There'd, there'd be a good turnout from both sets of fans. Yeah, there'd be a big turnout from Chiang Mai. And it's just a good, fun game, isn't it? It's a proper yeah. local derby, actually. Yeah. Um, and they're on a they're on a roll, so... Their record this season played 10, won five, uh, drawn one, lost four. Um, but it just shows them, um, put on a, a, a small winning streak, two, three, four games, and suddenly you're competing for, for one of the playoff places. Uh, so looking forward to that. Um, what else to tell you about? Uh, a quick tip of the hat to, to our ex-manager, Carlos Pereira. Uh, his team in Saudi Arabia won for the first time in the league this season. Oh, uh, Carlos, yeah, yeah, fantastic, yes, mate. Well done. Yesterday. <laughs> so we're, we're pleased for him. His team is Al-Kaisuma, if you want to look them up online. Uh, Q-A-I-S-U-M-A-R-M-A-H. Uh, they are on the eastern border of Saudi, near, close to Kuwait. Uh, they've now moved to 16th in the table, having previously been rock bottom 18th, and have a huge derby on November the 6th against Al Safa. It's not derby. Huge um, six-pointer against Al Safa on November the 6th. So looking forward to see how that goes. They beat Al Khalud 3-2 uh, yesterday. So well done, Carlos. Yes. Good luck, mate. Good luck. I hope to see you back in Thailand when you finish with that lot. Well, we hope to talk to Carlos very soon. Um, they do have a a sort of mid-season break in November for, for a couple of weeks. So we're going to hope to get him and his views, not just on his time with Chiang Mai, but some thoughts on, on football in Saudi, particularly in light of their their being granted the nineteen the nineteen the twenty thirty wishful thinking the twenty thirty four World Cup. Uh, so we'll talk about that. <laughs> Which shortly. is ridiculous. Yes. Well. But so was money rules, Simon. Money yeah. rules. As we said earlier in our betting discussion, follow the money. Yeah. And anyone else on our hello to list for this week? Yes, Dennis Nieblas, who's playing for. Enad Polis Christ Sokos in the Cypriot Second Division. Well, they won 3 1. Brilliant, mate. Well done. And I've forgotten someone. I really, really have. So I don't know. Hello to anyone I said I'd say hello to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Sorry. We are um, the deep end yeah. here. Let me take you through the rest of the weekend fixtures. Uh, 5.30 on Saturday, Ayutia played Patia. That should be a decent game. Uh, Chantaburi entertained Sam at Prakan City. Good luck, Phil. Ken Chantaburi at home to Nakon Ratchasima. Um, three points for Nakon Ratchasima. Prayer entertained Chiang Mai FC. Kassit against China in, in the sort of 
sort of North Bangkok derby. Um, Supanburi on Sunday at home to Lampang. Customs at home to Nakhon Si United. Another three points for Nakhon Si United. Chiang Mai United at home to Krabi. And Nongbua uh, Pichaya at home to Rayong. That should be a decent game between two teams that will be challenging for promotion towards the end of the season. Yeah, that's what I was looking at. That'd be one of the games you'd want to watch. Supanburi Lampang could be interesting. Yes. Yes. And in all fairness, Prayer Chiang Mai would yep. be a, a good game for neutral to watch. Supanburi yeah. um, come to Chiang Mai the week after. Uh, so they come up to see us on Sunday, November the 12th. And that has all the potential of being a sort of you know, a top of the table. If not first versus second, it's going to be to second in the top third, six against yeah. each other. So that'll be, that'll be a good game as well. So on that note, I think, Simon, we've sort of opened up a little bit of a... Uh, Stirred things up a little bit with a, a fascinating discussion on, on football betting in Thailand. I really appreciated your input to that. And uh, um, it, for me, it was educational. Um, and as I said, anybody else who has any thoughts on that, very welcome to come and join the conversation. Until next week. Yeah. And whoever I said I'd say hello to and I haven't, can you remind me? (laughs) (laughs) At this point, point, we're really off the rails. Uh, We'll be back next week after our trip to prayer. We'll talk to you then. Until then, it's goodbye from me and it's goodbye from Simon. Yeah, goodbye, everybody. Take care.